Then put your little hand in mine There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb Welcome to Groundhog Minute, the podcast where we celebrate the 1993 classic Groundhog Day, one repetitive minute at a time. I'm your host, Sean. And I'm your other host, Dave. Joining us again today, we have special guests, Adam the Creator and Luke, a.k.a. Darth Lark of Dark Knight Minute. Welcome. Yeah! Woo! Yeah! Okay. That's that's all the enthusiasm that you're going to get because you <laughs> kept telling me, you're. oh, man, that's not enthusiastic. Okay. Well, there's your enthusiasm. All right. <laughs> Boy, we can't even get you to do that for ours. <laughs> Ask any shall receive. <laughs> Okay, well, now I know what to do. There you go. You just had to ask. All right. (laughs) Well, on that enthusiastic note, we're here to talk about Minute 96. It's a whole new day. Dave, 96. Enthusiastically tell us what's going on. Well, on Minute 96, (laughs) Phil makes sure to tell Rita to stay. He gets to check some window, and there's proof that today is tomorrow. They're all gone. And... It uh, looks like Rita and him, yeah, we have assurance that they did not sleep together, but there's an implication in this mandate that maybe she wants to. So that's that's what we have here. We've got a little bit, little bit more risky, frisky, frisky Rita. Risky, frisky Rita. But, uh... Yeah, I I, uh, I wish I wish uh, I wish we had to see a poetry book on the floor or on the on the on the, the sheets. I wish we could see the mint eaten finally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish for a yes. lot of things. Yeah. And yeah. Another thing that that Rita did, kind of in a previous minute that she didn't do this time around. Yeah, she didn't eat any any of those uh, the mints or the chocolate on the pillow or whatever. Yeah, it is what it is. And uh, no one's outside shoveling. Oh, no, one guy is. One guy is. That's my dad. That's my dad out there shoveling. He's There's yelling for me to come out shoveling. and shovel. <laughs> <laughs> He's all, all the way on the left there. That's him. Yeah. So probably the, the like the most obvious thing that, that jumped out at me at me for, for this minute is just the 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 musical cue. Yeah. That magic when oh. when Phil jumps up, he's like a kid on Christmas morn, or you know, it's oh school day, no school today, or it's no a snow school, day, snow no school, day. like yeah. and just like the the flutes and the strings, it's like, as if we hadn't picked up by the fact that Rita's still there and it's not Groundhog Day again. In case we hadn't figured out yeah. some, the you know, in case we didn't pick up that the magic happened, the kind of the magic music comes in. It says, "Hey, idiot audience." Something's happening here. Pay attention. Yeah, we get the musical club over the head. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's not. It's not subtle. But no, it's, not it's at okay. all. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's you know, they they can't all be winners. And this is um, George Fenton did uh, did the music for this. Also did the music for Gandhi. So. <laughs> Oh. Apparently he's got a, a a range of talents, or at least has worked on a range of movies doing uh doing the score. So he's you know yeah, old George who's hitting over the hitting us over the head with his musical hammer on this scene <laughs> just to make sure we know this is this is magic. Pay attention. And then Phil does this funny little jump into the bed, but when he like. 
when he's standing up and he's like kind of running to the bed, it looks like he's really going to flop down on the bed. But once yeah. he actually gets to the bed, it's kind of a subdued flop. I'm just like, oh, I was expecting him to bounce Rita right out of the bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's how excited he should be. It's like we talked about last minute. Yeah, like he should be like, this, wow. This is the end of the thousand year day and and he isn't excited enough to pop her right out of the bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is this is a practice move. It's kind of the he wants to fully just jump in and on the bed, but since there's someone already in the bed who probably wouldn't be appre- you know, wouldn't appreciate being bounced off the bed, he kind of does, yeah, a, an abbreviated or aborted restricted jump not the full not a full throttle jump you know but this is the new phil he's he's considerate he's giving he's a, <laughs> this is he's true. a caring nurturer you know gosh <laughs> yeah um so i you know i don't know about the listeners about the audience or, or about dave but i want to get to the zelda theory yeah I, no i yeah I, i'll start there because yeah i want or i could be i guess i what, what 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 I have in my notes is how I would like the movie to end. <laughs> so you know that's what I have in most of my notes. But yeah, like I'm okay with you know him, and then we I could I could you know sour on it afterwards. Yeah, you know, like I talk about the chores of tiring him out, mm-hmm. and he probably is a little bit tired from them since he never had to like relive the tiredness he always had to repeat the day i just want to get that note out that he would be a tad bit tired but he's also excited obviously since he's at the next day but yeah the short of it is i would actually like it where you know he's he's leaving the town and we actually get to see the town as he's leaving it so we get to see him like kind of like upset that he has to leave but like you know rita and larry like yeah they get in the van like you get like they drive in and he's like watching all the people he knows doing normal stuff since they don't know the day's repeating and and it just kind of like it but it ends with him like nervous but also happy excited like that's how i would want it to end where he's like scared because he's like leaving the town he doesn't know what's out there but he's also like excited and happy now he's not like pessimistic and like grumpy in the van you know yeah that's I think... how i and then we can have like the last yeah. shot like doris is like and like, and like, what's the special today, Doris, or something like that? Like, we cut to like a little, like little, little, like little joke line or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. But again, just going back to what I what I said yesterday, is I just feel at this point better too little. Yeah, but than I deny too much. that. Like I deny that. <laughs> I deny you and that. Yeah. And then bring my own up. Front. Right. Well, we, you're you're thinking too much of everything is just enough. Too much want. of everything, yeah. I, I mean, like I said, I'm not saying like we have. I'm not saying a goddamn word of dialogue has to be uttered. Like I'm not saying where Phil's like, I don't want to leave because I don't. No, I don't want that. I don't want any of that. I just want to be like he's trying to act normal without going crazy. That like he's leaving this town. He does, and he's like he almost can't remember what Pittsburgh looked like. Like that's what I'm, you know. But we don't say. There's no dialogue of that. It's just like him just. Looking out the van, and we have shots of just people playing in the snow and going on with their February third lives. That's all. Mm-hmm. And then like Phil's kind of like you know smile on his face like in the van as the van keeps driving. You know, 
You could always throw a line in there, like Rita asking him, well, what do you want to do today, Phil? And then you go back and he could say something like, I think I want to be whatever. And then just pick one of the things he learned how to do while during one of those things. He's yeah. just going to go for a career change or something. Yeah. Just to throw a weird wrench into everybody else's day. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that would, yeah, just... That's it. In my in the in the, in the new ending, that's what I would play. All right, that's that's it. That's my. So now tell me <laughs> the, the obviously it's going to be more entertaining. Majora's Mask theory. I'm okay. Yeah, the the Please Majora's tell. Mask Groundhog Day connection. Please tell. I really me. Oh man, this. now yeah. now I'm getting nervous. I, the the pressure's on. Um, maybe, maybe one one thing that I just thought of uh, a dark ending for this is uh you know they go through the next day you know they had spend the day you know just kind of chillaxing and then they go to bed and then he wakes up and he's like and then he wakes up back at the at the bed and breakfast and then he looks over and it's just like it's like "Mm, it's too early it's like no (laughs) 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 anyway so um so so yeah, I, I don't know if you guys have followed uh Game Theory, which is uh Matt Pat uh you know, big YouTube uh personality, celebrity, what have you. Um Oh, I know where this is going. Yeah, yeah, so one of my favorite episodes that he's done is a theory that he puts forward with uh Majora's mascot. But actually before I get to that though, um I'll give you a little saver for that, but before I get to that, though, I, I, I feel like I need to kind of give you my connection to this movie and where I first uh, watched it. And oddly enough, I didn't, like, watch it on my own. I actually watched it in a screenwriting class. So I was in school uh, in, in a film program, and I was taking screenwriting, and I had a really great screenwriting class. But uh, we didn't have much lectures. Like, very rarely did we ever have a lecture. It was just, you know, bring papers in, and we go read them, and then we give each other feedback. That was pretty much the class, and it was amazing. But there was a day where um, we didn't quite have have enough pages, or we didn't have any pages come in. So he's like, all right, well, we're, we're, we're going to go watch uh, Groundhog Day. And then we went and watched Groundhog Day, and he's like, okay, let me go tell you about how this story is structured and uh, kind of give you a way on how to rethink uh, the way that you structure uh, a story as far as like where a character arc goes. And so he went in and started talking about the five uh, phases of, um, of dying or of accepting grief. death of grief. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, first you have um, the uh, refusal and, yeah. Denial. Denial, yeah. That's a better word. Yeah, that's right. Denial. And so we see Phil going through that same thing in the first day. He's like, doesn't believe that it's happening. He just thinks everybody's having some big joke on him. And and then later on, you know, he gets angry. And then after that, uh, he... uh, Bargaining. Yeah, that's that's the point where he punches... uh, Tad yeah. yeah yeah it just punches him in the face and then third part is bargaining and that's when he's like trying to elicit sex and try to like you know you know try and play with that um time loop in, in his favor but then he 
after that goes into depression, you know, tries to kill himself over and over and over again. And then he gets to the point where he learns to accept it. And, you know, from that point on, he learns to better himself. He learns to be less selfish. And, you know, then we get to the point where he learns what he needs to learn in order for him to get to the next day. So he so th- I, I think that was a pretty cool way of looking at the uh, the personal arc that um, that we see Phil go through. And we actually see that same structure in Majora's Mask. So the theory in Majora's Mask is that uh, the game is actually about Link dying or or that he's dead and it's his soul learning to come into terms with it. Mm-hmm. And, and so he... So then in the game, uh, you have Clock Town, which is the center of the world of Termina, and then there's four different sections. And it's like... Each section has its own version of the different phases of grief. And so in Clocktown, you start off where, you know, you have the people who are preparing for this big festival, you know, where, you know, this is like, you know, the biggest festival of the year, you know, and but, you know, you begin to see that big moon looming overhead and, you know, most of the people are just ignoring it. So this is the denial, you know, like you have a bunch of the carpenters who are really trying to put this festival together. They're just denying it. The The guards are like, no, we need to evacuate town. And 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 then uh, you go into the next section, which is, just, which is the swamp. And then there you see the the people that are Deku shrubs. Um, they uh, the father, the king of the Dooku shrubs are, is angry because his daughter was, um, kidnapped and, you know, lashes out on everybody and especially on the monkeys. And your, your quest in that area is to save the monkey and the princess. And then once you heal that area, you are able to over, overcome the anger of the king. And then the next one, which is, uh, um, the mountains and there you have to help, bring peace to a soul who doesn't want to die he feels like he his life ended prematurely and he like begged you like like I, I i need a way of you know being able to accomplish my mission i need to you know please do something for me you know he's bargaining with you trying to um stop the end from coming ultimately so that he can finish his business and then you go to the ocean which is the third area and there the main question is revolved around a zora whose eggs uh have been uh stolen and she's unable to speak she's unable to sing she's a singer and she just does nothing just does nothing she she's just overcome with depression she like she doesn't know what to do with her eggs she doesn't know how to get her voice back and she just like loses all hope and so you need to bring that hope back to her by rescuing the eggs and giving her back her voice. And then the last one, which is the canyons, uh, and it's a very interesting area because it's pretty much a place, a kingdom that has already died, and and it's and, and it's a just the kingdom of ghosts and goblins that are you know just trying to cling to life, but the, but the whole kingdom is dead. Like there's they're past that point and. There, you know, you have to kind of help bring peace to the souls by helping them to accept death and to learn to move on and to clear the canyon from 
the land of the dead ultimately where they can finally have peace and so so that would be the final stage of grief the acceptance yep acceptance yeah and then you you kind of ended off you know with the same the time loop and the um and and that whole structure of the game it's it, it it's it's absolutely brilliant like i don't even know if they intentionally made that uh, like a goal when when they went and made this game like the production for that game was very fast like they had a year to make it and so they ended up having to reuse a lot of assets from uh ocarina of time in order for them to finish on time and so uh, and it, it also helped them to make it so that the you know the worlds were limited you know there's only four temples technically in the game and a lot of people um don't like that uh about the game but i think it's more of a quality over quantity in that case and yeah it just seemed like that whole um that that arc that you're going through you know you're you're helping others to accept these things but you're in a way you it feels like your uh, link is trying to accept that for himself and so mm-hmm. I just think that's a really cool way of tying both uh, Groundhog Day and Majora's Mask together uh, into the five sketches of grief. Yeah, that's really cool because uh, we, we've talked about it a little bit, um, the, 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 the five stages of, of grief and how it ties into the phases that Phil kind of goes through. Um, so that's a really in- interesting connection to, uh, to Majora's Mask. Um, yeah, I haven't played it. I played a couple of the Zelda games. I'm not a, I'm not as big a gamer as uh, as Davis. So I'm not familiar with that game, but yeah, it sounds like very yeah a, a, a structure that kind of parallels what we have in this movie with with Phil's journey and through through helping others, he's really helping himself. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know. Maybe I'll convince you to play the play that game. It's definitely <laughs> worth it. It's great. Yeah. I, at, at minimum, I will definitely sit down with a friend of mine who is a big fan of Zelda, and I'll ha- I'll, I'll bring up your theory, I'll have him listen to the episode here, and then uh, maybe I'll have him, like, say, like, kind of, like, I'm, I'll be like, find me a, yeah, find, I, outside the game theory, like, have me a, have me a video that shows me some of the gameplay and stuff, because I just, yeah, I never got into the Zelda games, um, mm-hmm. I played a little bit of them back in, like, NES, and, like, I really was just like, I'm like, yeah, this isn't, like, this... A lot of fantasy roleplay games, I, I I don't really get into, or I don't I don't I, I don't I feel bad because like all almost all the Elder Scroll games, I immediately I'm like I'm not doing any of these quests. I immediately I'm immediately going to dick around and like and yeah. play with mods, and I never ever do any of the main quests in Morrowind, Oblivion, or Skyrim. I never I've always like gotten mods and kind of act around my own. Same and even with The Witcher, as beautiful that game was, even I was kind of like. Eh. It's too much. So, I don't know. I, Fantasy RPG does not... I, I, I can respect it. I usually buy them, but I never finish the stories they put out in front of me. Yeah. So I'm a bad mm-hmm. player when yeah. it comes to them. It's not... I, I, it's one of those things where it's like, I, every time I buy them, but I go, I just, there's only to a point this is like, I'm okay with it. And then I'm like, I'm like, it's just not my bag. Like, I'd rather just like, I don't know, rather play Max Payne again. <laughs> like, I, just, I just like play the Max. Like every year, I go. I want to play through the Max Payne trilogy again. Yeah, and stuff like that. So yeah, to each their own. Yeah. So so speaking of bringing a story to the end, um, so something that we we've talked about, Dave and I, we've touched on a, a, several times uh, through the course of the movie, is and and also going back to the idea that we don't know exactly 
why Phil is going through this loop or was going through this loop or kind of what, what, what the cause was. And we kind of joked around and we uh, theorized that uh, Mrs. Lancaster seemed to be a, a shady character, that she had something to do with it. She was either directly or indirectly uh, causing the loop or at the very least she was aware of what was going on. And um, I think I have some support for that position we had and and we we're kind of picking up things i think we we're like trying to force it and read things into um the the few interactions that phil had with mrs lancaster and i think we kind of stretched things at a couple points but um i don't know i'll, I'll let you guys be the judge if, if maybe am i again reading too much into things and so this is going back to the original script. So we're going back to the source. This is Danny Rubin. This is his baby. He uh, he came up with the story. And again, going back to the idea that the big party at the end, the Groundhog Banquet, in the first version that in the first version of the screenplay, that was a party that Phil threw for himself. This was sort of his quote unquote birthday. Um, and I'll, I'm going to go a little bit out of order. So um, in in that at the party. So Phil is there. He's talking with Nancy. Nancy's saying, oh, I can't believe we were in the same high school class. Um, Mrs. Lancaster interrupts them. She walks up. She's happy. Happy birthday, Mr. Connors. Phil says, thanks, Mrs. Lancaster. Thanks for coming. She hands him a present. Mrs. Lancaster says, it's a book. Phil says, how sweet. Mrs. Lancaster says, you seem very interested in my books. Phil says, kind of you to notice and then mrs lancaster turns to nancy and says he even counts the pages and so i i I mentioned it i mentioned it before i think i mentioned earlier this week that in the original screenplay the way phil keeps track of time of of how many days have gone by is every day he reads one page of a book on the bookshelf at the the bed and breakfast and he, he works his way in order, one book at a time, one page at a time. And then when he gets to the very last page of the very last book, that's when he throws this party. That's what he's calling his birthday. Mrs. Lancaster doesn't know any of this, of course, because she's she's just a regular person. She's not in this loop. How does she, you know, how does she know any of this? So immediately preceding the big party scene in the original uh, screenplay, there is a scene, Phil is in the bed and breakfast, and they show him he's opening the books one at a time, and he's flipping to the end, and he's writing down the page number, and he's going to add it up to figure out how old he is. He's going through all the books. He's um, you know, writing down the number of pages. Um, and so just, just reading directly what's in that screenplay, uh, just the stage direction, the description is, uh, Phil is opening a book from the top leftish area of the bookshelf, to the last page and marking that number in a notebook. He punches something up on the calculator and makes an entry in the notebook. He returns the book to the shelf and takes the next book out, repeating the process. Mrs. Lancaster enters the empty room carrying her newspaper. She watches Phil for a moment. And then we get into the dialogue. Mrs. Lancaster, is everything okay, Mrs. Connors? Or Mr. Connors? And Phil says, today is my birthday. Mrs. Lancaster, your birthday? Well, you know what that means. You must be an Aquarian. Phil, am I? Um, and then Mrs. Lancaster reads his, his, she obviously means Aquarius. She reads his, uh, his horoscope from the newspaper. 
And then uh, picking up again, Phil says, Mrs. Lancaster, I'm having a party tonight. I'd love for you to be there. Mrs. Lancaster, me? Phil, 8 o'clock at Tony's Pizza. So my question, so is that is that enough for you? That one interaction where she just sees him opening up each book to the last page, writing down the page number and moving on. Is that enough to, to make sense of the following scene where she's giving him a book and she's remarking on how interested he is? I don't think there's enough there that I get the hint that she's seen more than just him that one time. And if she's aware of other things he's done with the books, then she must be aware of the time loop. I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very curious what the book was. If ever, like, do we see what the book is that she gives him? Ooh, yeah, no, that we don't see what book Damn. he gives her. Cause like, what if it was like a daily planner or something, or it was like a, a <laughs> journal? <laughs> so what I, what I mean is that like, it's, it's, it's blank, you know, like there are no pages to it. Ooh, and it's it's for him to fill to write his own story. Yeah, it's like Al Doc or Brown. Or Doc Brown's like yeah, if it was like a yeah, journal or di- daily di- daily diary. Yeah. yeah, no, it doesn't say what book it is, but just that she knows enough that he, you know, not just that he was looking at her. I don't know. It just seems like more than. It seems to me more than just oh, she saw him looking at her books one time. Yeah. For her to make the leap that, oh, he's a book would be a good gift. He's very interested in books. It just, to me, it feels like she knows more than just what happened that one day. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously, possible. I mean, a lot of that, it didn't, it, you know, a lot of that didn't make it into the movie. We don't, yeah. he doesn't, you know, he's, he doesn't read the books one page at a time as a way to track time. It ends up it's just a, a, you know, the party at the end isn't the birthday party that he throws. It's the Groundhog Banquet thrown by the inner circle. And he, he's not telling people that this is his birthday and stuff. So it, it um, it's a lot of stuff that doesn't make it into the final movie. But I think it does. It expands on that Mrs. Lancaster character and makes her a little shady. I think it, it yeah. it's. I think there's still parts of that in her character, and that must be what we were picking up on throughout the movie. I, uh, yeah. yeah, whatever, whatever gets me distracted from just Phil and Rita kissing in bed is fine. <laughs> <laughs> just and the morning breath. Like, why can't, why can't we, like, yeah, why can't we reference how Larry's doing after with the ladies, you know, last night that they, they, they won him with uh, 25 cents. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, why don't we see? Yeah, see Larry waking up and he's in bed and he's in between Gertie and Sarah. And, yeah. You know, I, I, if, it, if he was like leaving their house with like a Tupperware of like you know, <laughs> yeah, <he's got> <laughs> of leftovers, and he's but he's smiling. You know, he's not like oh, yeah. he's like you know, I enjoyed my time with the ladies last night. You know, like then I, I think, I, like you know, Larry kind of learned a lesson there. You know, because then I, then I wouldn't hate him so much with this whole creep thing. Yeah, you know? like I need I need him to have a very small, like he 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 made a mistake. He has a little arc. These ladies kind of set him straight. He's got some leftovers, and he's you know he's excited to head back into Pittsburgh. You know, 
Just there you go. I want more, Sean, to fix I know. the so maybe plot yeah, problems. Bring everyone together. Like it shows we see Larry with the old women drive up I and he's in the Dodge sh- Dart yes. as they drive up to the tip top cafe. And then we see Doris is there and she's refilling Nancy's coffee and Yes. You know, and then uh, you know, Gus and Ralph are there and they're talking with Buster and yes. just everyone comes together at the tip top and Yes. Put a nice little bow on it. Yes. Like I like I I wanna I wanna stress at the end of this movie that the town helped change Phil. And the town doesn't even know it. You know? Like that's what yeah. I wanna stress. That these Simple townsfolk that when we first came in, we called them hicks. We, we we picked up all their flaws and we hated them for it. And son of a gun, this town turned us all around to it. I don't care about the Rita and Phil relationship. I'd rather it be like he looks at her and Larry as like two co-workers that he sees like he sees good st- stuff in them. Like the love thing it could be like a thing where it's like they're going to work on it rather than like they're already kissing and he's like let's move here let's rent you know i don't you know i don't think i need to have that i'd rather have you know and it, it feels like they they practically got married you know it almost feels like that i'd rather have it be they all leave this town for the better this town all changed them for the better and the town doesn't even know it the town was just like living a day in their life i think that is a more important and better ending than hmm. the lovey-dovey stuff between uh, him and Rita. Cause it's like everything else just kind of sees it. And once she pick, once she buys him at the auction, like it's like the town kind of falls off and it, and we don't really reference the town anymore. And that's what bugs me is that I feel like the focus is not about Rita and Phil. It is about mm. Phil becoming a better person, but I just, I don't know. I've just seen, I've seen Phil talk feel like I, I feel like I've had enough of Rita and Phil and him being like how much he cares for her. I think it should be more about how the town has just improved and made him a better person. And I said, maybe that's why I'm getting so critical about any time he talks about love to her when on that day in particular they didn't spend time together. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I'm tired of it. Yeah, no, I I like it yeah, I mean cuz I that's hmm. I I like that. I mean, it really changes the movie. Mother yeah, effing call up point. Danny Rubin. That's why I want him on the show. Because you right. say, like, that's how this movie should have ended. Yeah. <laughs> fool. All right. Damn yeah. fool. <laughs> no, that's a good point. Because, the, yeah, when you say, like, the town falls away. Because we see, like, it's really intense. There's And it's only, I think it all happens over the span of two, maybe three minutes. All the things at the... The part of the Groundhog Banquet where everyone's coming up, it's, you know, Buster and the old ladies and Felix is back. And, you know, they're all thanking Phil, all the people in this town, thanking Phil for all the things that he did for them. But we're also seeing in that conversation, we're seeing the things that they did for him. And then it suddenly disappears. And it's like the last seven minutes, six, seven minutes. It's just Phil and Rita. And it's like, well, so Rita is getting Rita gets good, Phil. Rita gets the benefit of this changed, enlightened man all of a sudden when, yeah, she didn't really play a part of it. She doesn't deserve it. She didn't do anything to work for it. So, yeah, one, 
the town did all the work. Yeah, it's like she she did you know, work. Read it in. She did work like the Rita who's the 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 the, the gosh you're up beat Rita. Like well, that yeah. Rita did work. She definitely. The, set I him can't straight. believe I ate fudge, Rita. But she's gone. We don't get that read at the end. Yeah. But but it also changes because the way they set up the end, it's kind of like, oh, Phil fixed himself. Phil is just like, hey, I'm I'm a nice guy and I do things for others and I got the girl and aren't I wonderful and kind of just forget all the people who helped him reach this point. Yeah. You know the the whole yeah the whole town. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of like that ending better because. I mean, so much of it is the town as opposed to just Rita. And yeah, it's the whole focus is Rita. Even once he jumps back into bed, he's like, is there anything I can do for you today? You know, I mean, yeah, we've got good Phil, but all the emphasis is put on her when, like you guys said, the rest of the town was just as much a part of it, of making him who he is now as she was. And and I think and I said this once again. This is tomorrow's minute, but I, I want to get this point across now. Is I don't think I don't think you should be like let's live here. I honestly, it's like you've learned everything you want from this town. You should go forth. You know, go forth and pay it forward. Don't just stay in the same town. You know, like it's like I think the lesson is like you take what you've learned from this town, the goodness. And then go forth. Don't just recycle it back into the town, but take it to other places where it may need it, kind of thing. You know, like this- that kind of fo- yeah, that falls in line with the hero's journey because the the thing that people fail to ignore about or they fail to recognize about the hero's journey is that really the point of the ending is it's a return, and not only a return, but it's giving back to the community what you have learned from your journey. And so I think that ties into that very well. It's like, you know, he's he's undergone like a powerful transformation. And, you know, that's not something that should be withheld from the world. Yeah, he, and he did. He gave, and he, he gave back to the town everything on that day. He did all, so much good things for that town. And now, yeah, he has the power to take all this goodness and don't just, just, just don't just hold it within Punxsutawney. Yeah, go back to Pittsburgh and like, you know, pass that goodness along to people at Pittsburgh at the at the radio station, back at your job, and you know, and maybe cancel the plans to the big town because you're not ready to go there. You wanna you wanna improve your life here and 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 stuff. Um, to like, yeah, to kind of to kind of say let's buy let's rent here and be kind of like let's just stay in the kiddie pool where we all we all are where it's like very you know safe and good and i've been here all the time i think it should be i'm i'm excited to go back with you to pittsburgh with all the all the things i've learned and and how to approach people now not be mr grumpy because everyone in the town's gonna love him so it's not like he's gonna have to learn anything anymore you know he become like a regular where it's like if he goes back to pittsburgh they're expecting grumpy phil and here comes like altruistic let me help you phil that's more interesting than any for me and right, not, and not, yeah, and not the yeah. lovey-dovey stuff between him and Rita. I mean, it's nice that he's with Rita, but I think it'd been, I, I, in my mind, just I think it's just cooler if it's more about the silence that that Phil has learned something and he's excited to go forward, rather than it's like you know, 
oh, me and Rita are gonna like totally get together where she technically on her perspective is this is like fifty this like the ending to fifty first dates, you know? It's like she only knows him for, you know, only a handful of hours, but he's known her so much. Do we know about fifty first dates with Adam Sailor, remember that? Yeah, uh, Drew Barrymore. Yeah. You guys remember this? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I yeah, know what yeah. you're talking about. Okay, I just I just want to make sure you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's, it's like, where it's just like, but it's like a comedy as well, and you're like, but you're like at the same time, you're like, she doesn't know this guy, and she's got kids with him, and they're married. It's crazy. She should totally be asking more questions. So <laughs> that's why I just think is that plot of the, the the point of the film, I think, is 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 Phil's is is learned. I think you should be excited to head back rather than saying lines like, "Oh, let's stay here." That's all. I think I think that's it. I think that's it for me. <laughs> I think I have one yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think well and this may be some of it is I will forgive them just filmmaking practicality. I mean, we heard from one of the things the Ramus said in the director's commentary is there was a lot of pushback from the studio on on the scenes with the old man, the homeless old man that Phil tries to help ultimately dies. And that's kind of a downer. And, but Ramis kind of pushed back and says, you know, to give, give the movie some philosophical weight and show that even inside the loop that Phil is not all powerful. And there's still, you know, the question of mortality hanging over his head and, and those kind of things. Like I could see, um, you know, so if you've got a movie with, you know, an old man that dies and it's, it's, you know, supposedly a comedy, but you're dealing with with death in a very real way, and you don't have the hero get the girl at the end. Like, just what what studio is going to put that movie out? That yeah, I cut yeah, and, and and we've talked about there's issues with with Rita and like yeah, how did, how how is she falling for this guy that she spent so little time with? But I guess you know maybe maybe they just kind of felt they needed that. Just to get the movie made. I guess. I guess. I just. I guess. I don't know. I, I. I want to be on great terms at the end, but it's like I just feel like the, too much kissing and 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 like the kissing in the bed and stuff. I think is is feels too fast. I feel like it would have been better if it was like either, like if was it if we did the thing where it's like he woke up and it's in the, his hotel in the hotel room, but it's not. But he actually we find out he wasn't sleeping in the bed. He's sleeping in the chair, you know, watching Rita like fall asleep or something, you know. With a with a poetry book in his hand or something, because he wasn't expecting to wake up here, you know. Yeah, like, oh, I'll fall asleep here. I'll wake back up at the bed at breakfast, and now he's like, "Holy crap!" Like I woke up here, and you know, and 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 she's excited to. Oh, it was a yeah, great day, and this and that, and you know, they they kind of laugh it off, and and he kind of like laughs off because he doesn't want to say like, "Holy crap!" Like I just I went to the next day, you know, he like silently kind of like <laughs> mm-hmm. trying to piece it together, and maybe he could say some kind of the lines that he says to hear, but um. Yeah, with I guess I, 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 I gotta I gotta save these moments for the next minute, but that's all. You, you listeners, you know what I'm thinking. All right, yeah. So, um, well, it sounds like that's about all Dave has for for '96, and uh, yeah, I don't think I have too much more that I can't can't save. But um, so so Adam and Luke, you know, anything else for well, minute '96 or anything else Groundhog related, Groundhog Day related. I I think I've spoken my piece. I I think I took enough of this minute, so I <laughs> I I'm content with what with what we what has been said. So okay, yeah, I'm satisfied as well. Great. Um, well, so once again, uh, if if our listeners are not satisfied with the amount of of 
Luke and Adam that they've gotten and they want more, where can they get that? Where can they get more, you guys? They can head on over to geekmindfusion.com, click on the subscribe tab. That'll help you subscribe in any podcatcher you like. Our episodes are also there at the website. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. So just look us up. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us this week and putting up with me. Uh, Thanks for having us. It's been fun. Yeah. 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 Thank you so much. I also want to let the listeners know, uh, just remind them you can, you can find us. We do the Facebook and the Twitter as well uh, at groundhog minute on Twitter and gobbler's knob is our listeners group on Facebook. And you can uh, also reach us at just old fashioned email groundhog minute at gmail.com. So check us out. Want to bring us home, Dave? Sure, sure. I'll give you the con. I appreciate it. Uh, we want to thank you, listeners, uh, for tuning into us this week, and uh, we're excited to uh, see you tomorrow, if there is one. I don't know at this point. We're in a new day. I don't even know. <laughs> Apparently, there, there there is such a thing as tomorrow. We're just throwing this is, the uh, rules out. Now. I don't know what to do. Yeah. Oh, 